The Fascination of Chemistry, Vaka's Audio Magazine. We welcome you to the fourth episode of our podcast. Once a month, we explore the exciting world of chemistry. Today, we are going underground, down into the drains. It happens so routinely that we barely give it a second thought. We pull a plug or push a lever, and the sink or toilet flushes its contents into the sewage system. Out of sight, out of mind. Not that long ago, things were different. In the 19th century, our cities were rapidly growing, and more and more people were living in cramped quarters. Both the disposal of wastewater and the supply of drinking water were becoming increasingly problematic. Diseases such as typhoid and, above all, cholera were rife around 1850. It was not yet known that these diseases were caused by bacteria. But people gradually became more aware that good hygiene prevented the spread of disease. That awareness was actually not entirely new. After all, 4,000 years ago, the city of Mohenjo Daro in modern day Pakistan had a sewer. And the Romans not only had an outstanding system for supplying drinking water, but also a cleverly planned sewage system. You can still visit ancient Rome's Cloaca Maxima today. The remains of a Roman sewage system can also still be seen in Cologne. But that knowledge of how to dispose of sewage somehow was forgotten during the Middle Ages. Cities at that time were mostly fairly small, so refuse was simply dumped in the street, and effluent was allowed to flow into the nearest stream. The general level of hygiene was quite appalling by modern standards. Nor was it limited to the common people, as this anecdote from medical history shows. In 1847, the doctor Ignaz Zemmelweis instructed his students to wash their hands with disinfectant before entering the delivery room. His students found this tiresome and unnecessary, even if they may have been examining corpses immediately beforehand as part of their training. Many of Zemmelweis's fellow doctors reacted with outright hostility. Many of them regarded pus as beneficial rather than a dangerous inflammation. But thanks to his actions, Zemmelweis saved the lives of many women who had just given birth. The death rate from childbed fever in his clinic was just 1% compared with 12% previously. London did not build a modern sewage system until 1842. Hamburg followed in 1856, and construction work on a sewage system in Munich started in 1858. We owe the latter venture to one man in particular, the hygienist Max von Pettenkoffer. The farmer's boy, plain Max Pettenkoffer, was able to study medicine with the financial support of his wealthy uncle. Pettenkoffer looked at people's circumstances when investigating medical conditions. For instance, he considered how our home, clothing, and food affect our health. Pettenkoffer is regarded as the founder of the discipline of hygiene. In the face of stiff resistance, he helped to ensure first that a network of sewers was built in Munich. A main drinking water supply then followed between 1867 and 1883. In 1882, Pettenkoffer was knighted in recognition of his work, which had prompted a marked drop in the city's overall mortality rate. By the end of the 19th century, Munich ranked as one of the cleanest cities in Europe. But Pettenkoffer's interests were not limited to medicine. He always saw the bigger picture and managed to get urban planners and engineers on his side. Pettenkoffer deliberated on why cement from England was so much better than German cement. He had already concluded in 1847 that the key to cement was how the lime was processed. 
By optimizing the production process, he helped to bring German cement up to the same standard as English cement. As a result, Munich sewers were so well built that to some extent they are still in use today. 3% of all sewers in Germany are nevertheless over 100 years old. Another 8% are at least 75 years old. Despite Pettenkoffer's legacy, they are in serious need of renovation. Hydraulic engineer Professor Rolf Pescher even ventures to describe it as a time bomb ticking away beneath us. But what makes it so dangerous? Mainly the danger of soil contamination. All the effluent in a sewer should ideally reach the treatment plant. But if it is leaky, effluent escapes into the soil, and from there it can pollute the groundwater. In the worst case, our drinking water could thus be contaminated. Such problems are particularly common in developing countries. Water is the resource that many experts believe could harbor the greatest potential for conflict over the next few decades. Time and again, bodies of water that straddle international borders are the source of conflicts. Saving water and maintaining its purity are very important all over the world. But in Germany, too, action is needed. The network of sewers beneath our feet has a total length of over half a million kilometers. So Germany's sewers would span the equator almost 13 times. And we can expect almost one quarter of our sewers to be in need of renovation in the next few years, 100,000 kilometers of them. That is where modern sealing slurries and acid-resistant repair mortars come in. These dry-mix mortars have been specially developed by Wacker to withstand constant contact with water. They are made from cement, an aggregate such as sand, and a polymer binder. They also contain small amounts of other additives. But the key ingredient is the polymer binder, Vinipaz. It transforms the mortar into an easy-to-apply sealing compound with long-term water repellency. An admixture of about 5% is adequate for rigid dry mix mortars. About 15% needs to be added for flexible mixtures. Most importantly for on-site use, it can all be supplied as a ready-formulated dry mix mortar that is simply made up with water. Sewers are not the only area where these sealing slurries based on Vinipaz are used. They also protect cellar walls and foundations, reservoirs and swimming pools, spa zones and irrigation channels. Staying with the theme of bathrooms, it's time for our question of the month. Our question of the month. Why don't bathroom tiles fall off the wall? The question of adhesion is not an easy one to answer. People as long ago as the Romans knew that stones could be attached vertically with mortar. But precisely why has only been known for a few decades. Tile adhesive is made from mortar and a polymer binder such as Vinipaz. Vinipaz is responsible for the compound's adhesion, flexibility, and to some extent its water repellency. Because water is the real enemy of every wall. It penetrates the pores and damages the masonry in the long term. The mortar's strength is the result of the calcium, silicon, aluminum, and iron compounds forming different crystals. These crystals form microscopically visible needles that run through the mortar and interlock, giving the mortar its strength. But modern tiles are so densely fired that the crystals have little scope for becoming anchored. So Vinipaz provides the right level of adhesion to the tile's smooth reverse side. 
Whenever relatively large tiles need to be mounted, the tile adhesive needs to be sag-resistant, or thixotropic, as the specialist would say. That allows even large tiles to be laid conveniently, without slipping. The adhesive needs to remain workable for as long as possible, but then harden as fast as possible once the tiles are laid. Specialists distinguish between two phases in the hardening of the mortar, setting, which takes between one and three hours, and the hardening process proper, which takes several months. So mortar, like concrete, does not dry, it hardens, even under water. Structural damage may even occur if it does not contain enough water, but by using a modern tile adhesive and taking care when making it, tiles will stay fixed rock-solid to the wall for decades. That's all for this month of the fascination of chemistry. You'll find more information on the internet at www.bakker.com slash podcast. Tune in next month. Goodbye. Vaca. Creating tomorrow's solutions.